0: Science fiction has helped society look to the future with shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Battlestar Galactica, and movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, and The Avengers have helped us pioneer the use of new technologies and to never give up
1: on the human spirit. Fantasy stories like The Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and even the game Dungeons and Dragons have helped us look at the past with an open mind, but have led us to question the fundamental principles of like good and evil, right and wrong, reality versus fantasy, and to question our morality versus our humanity. Cosplay has always blurred the lines between science fiction, fantasy,
0: and reality. For those to participate in the hobby, advancements in technology have caused more and more people to participate in cosplay. With the addition of 3D and resin printers, it's even easier to make and mass produce the costumes and props from our favorite TV
1: shows and movies. To the public the ever-expanding worlds of science fiction and comic book conventions have led to more and more cosplayer interactions this podcast is your exclusive space for science fiction news this podcast is your place to catch up on the world of fantasy this podcast is your place to talk about the role of cosplay this podcast is
0: the galaxy has Welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. It's episode 260, and I have with me DOS people in the studio. I have with me Austin the Inquisitor. Hola! And I am Bob Christmas. Technically, I don't have two people in the studio. I only have one. I guess it's uno. (laughs)
1: Plus (laughs) me. DOS dos, dos, total. DOS total. I don't know why I decided to go to Spanish. I figured change it up a bit. We've been doing the two for enough times. Yeah, why not? So, you know, <laughs> next
0: time I want you to do it two in German. So, good luck with that.
1: Oh, uh, yes. Uh, so, I think it's fine. Uh, are... <laughs> <We're>...
0: It's fine. <laughs> and spy. Uh, Uh, So, we have three things we're going to talk about at the beginning of this episode, and we're going to ruin Shang-Chi for those people who have not seen it yet. So, for the last, oh, 10, 15 minutes of the beginning of the episode, if you don't want Shang-Chi spoilers, well, toodad! But, no, really, if you don't don't want to hear it, then uh, then skip over that last little bit, go to the commercial break, and join us again at the end. (laughs) Otherwise, we're going to ruin Shang-Chi. You want to know why? Because... I don't care about Shang Chi. I don't want to. That's go watch right. It. For the first time ever, I am not watching a Marvel movie in the theaters.
1: I mean, after Black Widow, and then we see trailers for this film, and it's literally, not really, it's not even ten. Literally, it's I just want to rings. That. It's ten bracelets. Yeah, it's ten <laughs> bracelets. But for the first time ever,
0: literally, I am not watching a Marvel movie in the theaters. I have watched every Marvel movie that has come out since Iron Man one in the theater, including both Hulks even though one was awful, <laughs> and I didn't get my money back, and I should have. So I, I will your... say that, that I'm actually, for the first time, just not going to go see Shang-Chi in the theater. It has nothing to do with COVID, by the way. So don't think that all of a sudden I'm like, uh, like, oh, I'm not going to the theater because I, I do no. want to wear a mask. You or whatever. have to, you to your Dracula face.
1: I'm afraid of catching... COVID. Bad blood. <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with that. I just, I refuse. I refuse. After watching the trailer, you're just like, and I'm done. And I'm out. So <laughs> you've lost me. <laughs> so it'll be interesting
0: to see how Shang Chi does. I don't think it's going to do as well as everybody's com- thinking it's going to do. When we already get
1: into first day and there's theaters showing down, shutting down. Go here's well, your ticket. Okay, back. we're so, sorry.
0: <laughs> there, I, I did read reports last night on Facebook that supposedly theaters were were telling people or, or actually. Let me say this again. People were getting messages from their theaters that they were getting refunds on their Shang-Chi tickets, not because they didn't want to see Shang-Chi, but because the Delta variant is supposedly causing theaters to shut down again. So there you go. All right, so here's the three things we're going to cover at the beginning of the episode. We're going to talk about how Star Wars is changing Boba Fett's iconic armor. That's right. It was a surprise even to my son, so we're going to cover Uh. that. We'll talk about it. And we're then going to look at and talk about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. You know, the trailer they said would never come out and was never going to happen. Well, um, guess what? There's a trailer now for
1: Spider-Man No Way Home. Well, that was Feige saying. I don't know if that was maybe just like... That was presses. Feige saying. Yeah. And
0: then we're going to talk about the possibility that Shang-Chi is going... is fixing Iron Man 3's problematic Mandarin character, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. That's his so, article from Inside. <laughs> All right, here's our first one. So, Boba Fett's armor is going to change. Uh, That's right, people. So just when you thought nothing you. else in Star Wars could change more, Kathleen Kennedy screws it up again. Apparently. So, ever since legendary Star Wars bounty hunter Boba Fett made his triumphant return to Star Wars universe in The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 6, he has been unsurprisingly given the character's massive cult following front and center in the ever-expanding Star Wars story. By the way, I am reading this article. This Inside is off the magic. of InsideTheMagic.net, so you know that this is probably pretty close to being real or true. First, after the Mandalorian Season 2 final episode, which also saw the reintroduction of famed Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker into the Star Wars universe, there was a post-credits scene in which... Fett, played by Tamara Morrison, and Fenix Shan, played by Ming-Na Wen, storm Jabba's palace on Tatooine, ultimately killing the Hutts' former right-hand man, Twi'lek Bib Fortuna, and taking Jabba's throne. Following the instantly epic scene, the words of the book of Boba Fett coming December of 2021 flashed on the screen, and I know everybody, every fan, and I knew Squeed and lost their crap. So, next Mandalorian executive producer and book of Boba Fett director Dave Filoni shared details about Fett's post passed on camino and animated series Star Wars. The Bad Batch, spoiler alert, his name used to be Alpha, and he has a sister, the only known female Jango Fett clone, titled Omega. By the way, we're not actually going to review The Bad Batch on this show. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's reasons for that. We'll talk about it later. We're going to talk s- about the whole season at some point. Then the Star Wars franchise garnered controversy when they seemingly changed the name of Boba Fett's starship Slave One to Firespray. Okay. I'm sorry. It's still Slave 1. Uh, so I'm, change it all you want on all the packaging and everything you want. I will continue to call it Slave 1. Let me say it again. Slave 1. YouTube, this one's for you. Slave 1.
1: I, I can see that at least they're not saying it's Bulbafett's ship. At least they fixed that issue.
0: Well, they decided to do that on the recent packaging release.
1: I know, but when you had it being like that and you have- um,
0: Let me just say, it's Slave 1. Mm. For those people in the back, it's Slave 1. Anyways. Now, after all of that, some new details have emerged about what fans can potentially expect when The Book of Boba Fett officially debuts on the Disney Plus streaming platform this December, per a new Star Wars Net report. Quote, In the series, Boba Fett is in the revenge mode. He will be going after everyone who did him wrong in the past, and he will also be looking for other for the other bounty hunters. And even more, he'll be doing it with a new look in, to his armor. Unquote. While it's unsurprising Fett will be in revenge mode, online speculation has run rampant that the book of Boba Fett will be a literal book featuring the names of all those who have wronged the Star Wars icon, including perhaps Han Solo. Any changes Fett's iconic Beskar armor are likely to outrage Star Wars fans. Uh, yeah, I got some comments all about right. that in just a minute. Hang on, I'm going to unload. Yeah. However, that what changes exactly showrunner Robert Rodriguez and his team have made remain to be seen. Mandalorian showrunner Jon Favreau has teased that the series is the Mandalorian series season 2.5 rather than a true spinoff, so don't be surprised if there are cameo appearances by the likes of Bounty Hunter Din Djarin, Marshall Cobb Vanth, Bo-Katan Crys, Grogu and Luke Skywalker, Antagonist Moth Gideon, and more characters from the Mandalorian saga. We we are even likely to see other fan-favorite characters, in addition to any potential Skywalker appearances from the Skywalker Saga Original Trilogy, as it has already been confirmed that the series will go back in time to the days of the Sarlacc Pit incident from Star Wars Episode six Return of the Jedi. This means that, at least in theory, we could even see a Darth Vader in a flashback sequence. And that's where the story ends.
1: How big of a change are we talking I'd like so. to have some details, maybe some concept drawings. Yes, I wish like, there was some concept art to go with this. Because
0: here's where I'm going to start. If we're talking about, we're going to change some color schemes on the armor. Mm. Mm, I'm okay with that. That's fine. Like if
1: we're going to, we ran into the episode where he's wearing it and it looks like it is beat up right here on the photo. Yeah. And the next scene, he has it all cleaned up. He's got. If they like say, okay, we're not going to. We're going to take all the battle damage out of the armor. I'm okay with that. Let's say he gets his codpiece back and he's not wearing the comma anymore.
0: <laughs> I'm actually okay with that. I'm okay with that. That's, that's, fine. That. that's uh, fine by that. me. Uh, you change the jetpack to look more like Din Jarn's jetpack. Okay, I'm fine with that. Maybe you change the gauntlets and make him look more like Din Jarn's gauntlets. Okay, fine. Maybe you put a new sigil on, on Boba Fett's armor because now he's part of Din's crew. And he's no longer by himself. Okay, fine. I'm okay with that. Those changes are good. If Here's they're... what I'll tell you: if you do this, I will lose my crap. If you make him if up... you do anything for okay, so here, here are my here are my I'm gonna lose my crap moments. <laughs> if you take the T visor
1: away, I will lose my crap. Well, that's actually something that can't be done because it's built into Mando culture in both book. How? And past. I kick
0: about the <laughs> hmm. Okay, you say that now. But I'm telling you, if they take the T visor away, I will lose my crap. I know what you're saying, but they also told T- Karen Travis they would never unwrite her stories. Well, guess what? They've done that. Okay? Just saying. So you take the T visor away. We're talking
1: about Favreau
0: here. I will lose my crap. We're talking about Favreau and Filoni. I don't care. Yeah, but that's not who's running the show. Did you pay attention? Did you pay attention? No, I thought it was It's James. Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, it's not Favreau. It's not Favreau. It's Robert Rodriguez. I don't know anything about Robert Rodriguez. He makes me nervous. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. He makes me nervous. (laughs) And I don't often go, hmm, that guy makes me nervous. But this guy makes makes me nervous. So Uh a director of the Mandalorian. So apparently Rodriguez has directed some of the Robert Rodriguez. Robert Rodriguez has directed some of the Mandalorian show. So, But I still, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm i nervous. Okay, so here's the other. Okay, so let me give you my other. I'm mm-hmm. going to lose my crap moments. Yep. If you take away the heart of metal, which is the center diamond on Boba Fett's, I yeah. will lose my crap. <laughs> I will lose. That, that is the icon
1: of every Mandalorian ever. Hang on, hang on. I will lose my crap. What if they have the armor reforged to look like Din's armor? Where it's all one piece like that? Mm-hmm. As long as
0: I can still see the 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 chest and belly the, plate kind of like in Dins,
1: I'm fine. But if they were to take it and kind of make it so that he has... Uh, so if it's all one piece, mm-hmm. I'm fine. I'm instead, okay. Of, instead of doing traditional, doing new legacy plates. That's fine. That's fine. No, if they do legacy plates... Well, I thought that's what uh, Din Djarin's using. No,
0: he's using, he's using traditional still. Oh. Because his, even though it's...
1: Oh, yeah, Legacy is the one with Cade Skywalker where it's all, like, stacked and
0: everything. Correct. Okay. It looks like Knight's armor. That's that's Legacy armor. I'm actually thinking about going to that in my Mando, which, ironically, we're having an armor party tomorrow. Not that you'll get a chance <laughs> to see it, because we'll be done with it by the time this this podcast comes out. Uh, yes, I'm I'm gonna I'm thinking about going for with it, Legacy for armor all you fans for who are con-
1: For all you fans who are confused, we Mando mercs have kind of labeled armors based on... Well, different time
0: periods. Different so, time periods. So you have what's called modern era, you have legacy armor. Uh modern era is boba, Django. They're more traditional plates. Right. Isn't there ones that are for the there's the Neo Crusaders, yes, which, which is, is older. the old style. And then there's the Legacy, which is like a more modern and it looks more like a, a knight with like layered plates. Yeah. Um it, if, it, if if you need a reference for that, go look at Hondo Falco's page. Uh, He has some great... No, his pictures are great of his his legacy armor. He really... I was going to say... Hondo did a great job on his legacy armor. What I was
1: going to suggest is maybe also go to MandalorianMercs.com. That's another place to go, yeah. That's a good place to look because they even have breakdowns on it.
0: Okay, so other things that would be moments of, like, I'm going to lose my crap. If you take away his stock, I I will lose my crap. I'm sorry. Yeah, the 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 thing that comes...
1: Oh no the uh, the viewfinder. Yeah, the viewfinder. Thank you. I I, I will lose my. You don't my crap. like you wouldn't like the one that he has with Din, where it's like it's a hookup and he can do all but sorts Boba of things. But <laughs>
0: Boba Fett has a rangefinder. Boba Fett has a rangefinder. Sorry, I this... will lose my crap. I,
1: I understand. How long has it been since where we are in the Mandalorian? From does it matter? I will maybe lose my crap. Ar- maybe the armor's a bit vintage, and he needs to upgrade it to do his vengeance. I will lose my crap. I'd, I'd be at least, if they make it somewhat like it's still watch, Mando watch, armor. Watch
0: me crap being lost if you get rid of it. I'm telling you, uh. it's going to happen. Okay, I'm and trying then, to be somewhat If in the you middle. get rid of the thighs or knees, I will lose my crap. So yeah. I-, I hope you're listening, Disney, because I'm telling you right now, you will, see, I, <laughs> you will see stuff coming your way if you decide to mess with Boba Fett too much. And already, I think you've pushed the envelope between Gina Carano, Slave 1, for the people in the back, it's Slave 1, and You're if you really decide, this. I really am, <laughs> and not if letting you decide to change Boba Fett's arm, I think that will, oh my well, goodness, I think you will break, <laughs> you will break Star Wars, you will break the internet, you will break geeks everywhere. If you decide that's the route you're going to go,
1: they could also go the route they've done with Bad Batch, is what Fett can't kill anybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. We
1: can talk <laughs> about Bad Batch later. There's things going on in Bad Batch that irk me too. I'm sorry, we were watching. This, I don't an like. Ad popped up for it. Just- I don't mind.
0: Okay, so one thing I will say, I don't mind the idea of Din Djarin, even Cobb Vanth, Bo Katan, any of the Mandos showing up in the mm-hmm. show.
1: Yeah, Grogu but why would Luke.
0: Grogu and Luke show up?
1: Why would Moff Gideon show up? Well, maybe he's going against Imperial troops because he kind of got pissed maybe. off that Vader didn't go and save him. And I I'll go one step further. I'm Faber. really not a
0: fan of the flashback thing. I'm really not. I, I, we don't need that. I don't. I don't need. You don't need to explain to me what Boba Fett's thinking while Darth Vader is like, and no disintegrations, and what under his helmet somewhere. Boba Fett's like, screw you, dude. I hate you. You know, like I mean, like I don't need to know that. I. You don't need to show me it. You don't need. I, no. You don't even need to tell me why. Actually, it was one of the coolest lines in the movie because you didn't know
1: why, but somehow you're like, Well, maybe hmm, that makes Boba Fett a badass, you know? Maybe they're trying to fix up the holiday special intro where they like show Vader and him talking for the first time. Maybe, but I just don't buy it. You know I, I would love to be able to maybe make that happen, but I know for a fact that's probably not happening. So here's what I'm gonna say.
0: <laughs> this just took a series that I was actually kind of excited about. I really and- I-, I was kinda like, Okay, all right, all right. At least I get a break from The Mandalorian for a while, even though I'm still irked about Gina Carano, and I can't believe we're not even going to bring the character back. At least back. we get it And I was kind of like, okay, I, I got a break from that. I'm, I'm just going to let that go. And this, let it go. You Wusa, know, right? This is coming from Your the guy points. who who literally lectured Kathleen Kennedy on this podcast about this crap, okay? <laughs> and now... I was there for that episode. It was awesome. Now you give me another reason to start hating on Disney uh, again. I mean, Disney is starting to make it really easy to start hating on them. I, I mean, seriously. <laughs> like, it's not going to take much to push me over the top soon. Like, I might even be at that point. I just don't realize it yet until I finally flip out about something. But I'm getting pretty close. And it's not often I'm ready to walk away from something I've been with my entire life. And I'm actually on the verge of walking away from something I've been with my entire life.
1: You're you're on the verge of following Ben Shapiro and just unsubscribing. And I, well, I'm on the
0: verge of becoming a Star Trek fan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I might go get a red shirt and run around with that because it might actually be more beneficial to me. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I wear a red shirt at work all the time. It doesn't really change that much. Well, that's
1: because you haven't been around on an away mission yet, so it's okay. All I'm thinking about is the Robot Chicken episode is like, I can't believe this is the first time I've brought a gun. I can't believe I get
0: to go on this mission. Wait, why no. do I have the red shirt on? No. What's happening
1: there? No, not that episode. I it's know. It's the episode where they do it like, it's the only way for us all to survive, and <laughs> they're like, "Let's I know, eat the red I was shirt." Doing, for- I was doing my <laughs> look, George Lucas. At- oh, I know. Okay, I know you're going
0: at it. <laughs> all right, so let's go on. So remember how they said there would never be a Spider-Man
1: No Way Home trailer, uh, teaser trailer? Lies, <clears throat> lies. I think Feige was like, "Oh, we're not doing that," and then everyone like, <gasps> "Well, here's no. what I okay." So here's what I'm gonna say. The rumor is mm-hmm. they weren't gonna
0: have a trailer. Mm-hmm. And then someone leaked it. <laughs> oh, it actually did. It went online before oh. Disney went to put it online, and it, I think I think the reason Disney put it online was the it le- got leaked, and then <laughs> Disney's kind was kind of like, "Well, it's out of the bag now." They just so they decided
1: somebody leaked it. They and part of me Disney says, apparently slightly German, they go, "Shiza!" I think, quick, the, I, "Dump it, dump I, it." <laughs> I,
0: I think the plan was to release it this weekend, which mm-hmm. is the weekend of the Ten Rings and I think somebody released it early, and yeah. So unfortunately, it got leaked. It got released. (laughs) Whatever happened,
1: it's fine. (laughs) So let's
0: talk about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer, and I want to talk about, we're going to watch the trailer a little bit, so we're going to kind of talk as it goes here a little bit, and I'm going to talk about some of the... Supposedly spoilery things that are going on and some of them that have been debunked, by the way. And some of the, uh-huh. I, I told my son about the spoilers, but not the debunking of. Uh-huh. So we start off with it's the, not Mary Jane. What's her name? It, I, it is Mary Jane. It's Mary Jane. Okay. It's just, Mary Jane it's, and Peter on the roof of a, a building and she's joking around about, you know, all the things of, that Spider-Man the things Spider Man supposedly can do. abilities... Yeah, like he can women. hypnotize women and Fitment. all sorts of crazy stuff, which I, I find hysterical. It totally sounds like something the press would do But
1: well, it would be that and then the playful couple so banter kind of. He's thing. flying
0: through the air. I, I you know, I thought about this scene. Like, how can he fly through the air there? I'm sorry. He's got hair over one eye, she's holding his head <laughs> over the other. How are they not just like hitting a building? I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, that just is crazy. Spidey, Spidey, watch so, out for that! Spidey's probably going to be number one. He's trying to tell them he didn't kill Mysterio. Now, here's the first controversy. So, there's a guy in a white shirt and a black tie. And black slacks. And black slacks. And he only slams see arm. down a, a folder, and it's a guy's arm. And everybody swears this is Charlie Cox's Daredevil, if which is from the
1: Netflix TV show. Now, if that's the case, I have a serious thing of... He looks a little too chubby. I'm not trying to fat shame here. He just looks a tiniest bit overweight. Well, a compared little Cox is right, A little bit. Daredevil.
0: Here's the thing: the guy who plays Charlie Cox has said huh, that's news to me. So I don't think it is. It's a good fan theory. Nice be, try. It would be awesome to do but that. It, I don't think it. I don't think it's Matt Murbach, Murdoch. i Charlie Cox. I don't think is
1: is Cox being confirmed for this film? Uh, not. Yeah,
0: I, I don't believe. He's under contract anymore, Charlie Cox to last play Matt Last we Murdock. had
1: heard that they were trying to take the Daredevil and the Kingpin from the Deadpool series. Supposedly. Theory, that's what last we
0: heard, but I had, not, I had not heard any sort of uh, confirmation that he was, and I don't even think he's under contract because he was even on Twitter saying, I don't know how that's me because I never got called to the set. Mm. So I, I, that's really hard to pull off. If they did pull it off, great. Go Disney. You got Matt Murdock in there. You snuck him in. Um, if you if it's not him, I, I don't see it as a big deal, but you know, a lot of people are like, oh, ooh, I think that's Matt Murdock. I'm like, I'm I, I think you're stretching here a little bit. So now Charlie's or Peter Parker's trying to live with the idea that he is Spider-Man and he's now out there for everybody to know. Now, here's the next theory that comes in.
1: And now I think this fan theory has a little traction. It not is, a it's a lot. Incredibly, but there's a little traction behind it. It's this. incredibly like kinda in your face that if it was it accurate, is. it'd be but Marvel's been in the face, too, before, you know. So uh,
0: Peter's walking down the street, and behind him there is a sign that somebody's holding up. It says, Devil in Disguise. It's got Peter's face. And they drew devil horns on him and a mustache and all sorts of crazy stuff. Of
1: course, it's the stereotypical, like, uh, yeah,
0: the, the Dick Vic- dastardly
1: Well, yeah. The, yeah, the
0: Victorian devil, you know. Yeah, sure, right, the Dick Dastily. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Uh,
0: <laughs> but a lot of people are, are speculating that that poster is actually implying something. Because in the Marvel universe, the devil is who?
1: Well, the devil is Mephisto, but Mephisto. There's another creature that also lives below him, but technically, the face of the devil is, is Mephisto. Mephisto.
0: So a lot of people are saying, "Okay, oh, I get it." And that this- poster is implying that everything you're about to see has been manipulated by Mephisto. Thus, the term "No Way Home." One of the other because things- Peter's in an alternate dimension; he's not home.
1: So, what he's experiencing is not reality, so would that make that everything that was in Spider-Man far from home far from home make him that he's a scroll in a different and he's in a different universe or when they joked around about the multiverse, they weren't joking he slipped into it, yeah. And and uh, Mysterio isn't really just a guy with computer bots that he actually has the power. He actually to magic. has power
0: to turn people into uh, the multiverse. That's the uh, theory
1: that. And the I kind of went. It's actually a valid theory. It's, the other it could thing work. that people are stretching this theory to say is that because Mephisto's being shown, the yeah. only person that Mephisto can go toe to toe with is Galactus. Well, and that's the big that's the big character that's going to be the end. It's going to be their Infinity of, War of Endgame thing
0: four. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I, I not, 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 no. I, I still think your ultimate bad guy. At is, the very end, is, of, Kang. is Kang? I mean, Loki kind of made that almost all too obvious that Kang is going to be our big bad guy coming into the. I just want to. I want to te- see
1: all the Lokis and Thors like meet up, and it be like that Peter and Brian episode. No, Please, I, I don't agree. move. Yeah, it would be kind of <laughs> funny. So
0: we go on, and, and so Peter is trying to deal with this, but it, it's not easy being the teenage kid who's Spider Man and. Everybody's trying to follow him around, including he's, at
1: school. He's become a national it, phenomenon. Right, he's a
0: national phenomenon. Even poor
1: Aunt there May can have a normal there's, life. There's a fan theory that speculates that the scene where they're walking into the doorway and she stands up. Yeah. Goblins walking in. Oh, okay. There's a fan theory. I have seen that one. There it's like. So he, he, he goes to. Strange. Sanctum
0: Sanctorum. Yes and he meets up with strange and it's kind of That's a strange weird. moment right because everything's
1: in snow first off
0: everything's in snow in the castle and inside the Sanctum Santorum And there is a lot of questions about why is the Sanctum Santorum
1: well isn't in the middle of winter isn't one of the other doorways of the Sanctum go to a winter area possibly like the, the mountains in Tibet or whatever i have to admit whatever. though I, i'll give disney this prop.
0: thank you for creating a winter cosplay that we've all been dreaming for. And you a know, very like,
1: casual one at yeah, that. a very casual
0: one at best, by the way. So if you, if you have never seen the trailer, go check it out, by the way. Uh, I'll give links to it on the show notes for YouTube. <laughs> but he's wearing jeans, a sweatshirt, his jacket leads right into the cape. And, and he's he also got, has like, got
1: winter hiking boots. On. I was gonna
0: say he's got what? What are those uh, Timberlands? I think yeah, that he's tins, got on. Yeah. So quite honestly, um, easiest, I could pull this one off. The easiest I could... costume ever. And yeah, you I've could been be like, very tempted. Com- to, I've been very tempted to try this one because it's it's pretty it, it, easy. It would be quite comfortable. But, in and the by the way, I've gained so much weight; I've outgrown all my costumes. Yay! Uh, but <laughs> yeah, this would be an easy one to not outgrow. <laughs> So basically Peter comes to Doctor Strange and says, Hey Doc, how you doing, dude? Like I need I'm, all of my I need... mystery to disappear because you know everybody knows who I am and it's not good. All I know now, is this you pointed out that it looks like the Wakanda episode. Right. They jump to a scene where the black Spider Man outfit comes back. And it's not kind of confused why that would happen. And it's or, not the Venom suit one. Right, no, way. it's not the Venom one. It's it's, it's, it's the, the one, one that always, showed up in Far yeah, From it's, Home.
1: Uh, Spider Monkey Man or whatever it is. So anyway, he he named
0: that yeah he he begs Strange please you know help me out now this is where it gets weird we we see uh, what's woo woo is like all packing up and heading out the I'm
1: guessing the, to go on a
0: vacation going well, it looks like a vacation and he tells Doctor Strange don't use that spell it's dangerous don't, yeah, don't use goes, that spell it's dangerous
1: and of course he goes I won't portal and closes winks at portal closes Peter Wins Parker the they go
0: into the basement and sp- this is where we supposedly see Strange starting to put together the spell. And he's going to make it so that nobody remembers that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. No one, not anyone, not me. And, of course, Peter starts to realize, wait, this isn't such a good idea. Can't we make it so certain people can remember and others can't? And, of course, Strange, because this is how Strange works, by the way, in the comic books. is kind of like, well, that's not how magic works. Um, it's either all or nothing. Well, you can't choose which
1: part, people you remember and which people don't. Part of me says is. In the comic books, wasn't Strange also very much like magic isn't something to be played with? I'm not going to do something as stupid as this for you. Well, he often in the comic books warned that with magic comes uh,
0: some sort of price price to be paid. Just God, like he
1: sounds like rumpled Right? Well, that's
0: where Strange kind of... Okay, so that's where, where a lot of people don't understand Stanley, and I get him more than most. Because if you've read all of the old... Uh, uh, storytelling and i'm talking about the ones that who are the bad the, the really bad authors that wrote like cinderella and like everything oh, um the the grim brothers grim brothers thank you the brothers grim if you've read all the brothers grim stories all the marvel comics start to make more sense so if you've never read them go read them I, i've never because read them but in I... all the brothers grim stories if there's magic anytime it's used It only does bad things. Well, it's not necessarily bad because Cinderella's magic isn't bad, but there's a price to be paid. There's always a price you have to pay whenever you use magic, whether that magic's for good or whether that magic's bad. uh, There's a price to be paid for using it. And so I I think we're going to finally start to see Doctor Strange showing the Marvel Universe that, yeah, we can use magic to fix things, but there is a price to be paid. By the way, the other person who kind of follows suit in that, and that's why I say this is kind of a cool lead up to Eternals is The Black Knight. Because there's magic there. There's magic. Yeah. What's the price to be paid for having the his, Black Sword? His soul. Right, his soul. He actually sells his soul, and is actually has bloodlust because he he gets this magic sword. So again, Th- price look, is to be paid.
1: Isn't there also a point where the Black Knight kind of goes into a warrior's madness and can go on a killing spree for days without tiring? Or am I thinking of Thor? Uh, that's no, that is him. That, that is him. Yes, that is him. Uh,
0: yes, and <laughs> and, and, and for for every good soul that he takes. He is I, and I forget what the ratio is. I think it's like one to four. So for every good soul that he takes, uh, he has to kill four innocents. Um, yeah, so there's again, there's there's a price to pay for the magic being used. So we get the title this Christmas, Spider Man's
1: running across the block and he's and jumping sudden, around and all then, of a sudden everything's flipping around like yeah, red and strange with the mirror universe and it's like Yeah, what was the movie Inception? If you've ever seen Inception, where the city I was, twists itself, I was inside thinking actually I read it at Doctor Strange, the first movie where
0: he it did does look, the look like that very, too. Yeah. By the way, that's where the whole thing came from. Like everybody thought that technology was amazing when it came out with Inception, and then by Doctor Strange time we're kind of like yeah 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 we've seen that about a million times in one movie. Um, so Which, yeah, he, that just hurt my brain. When he, we had that. He falls into the to the the city. Doctor Strange. Later on, they're on a train, and he makes oh, the train sick. become five different trains. That's also when you see that famous scene. Now, this is this scene's interesting, I think, because Spider-Man's holding on to a cube, and Strange looks kind of pissed. Strange
1: looks irked. This is where he pushes Peter out of the Spider-Man body. Very much what Hulk got done to, right, during an Endgame. The theory that with Mephisto speculates that whatever he's holding is something crucial to letting Mephisto roam the world, right. And that because Spider-Man figures it out, this is him being launched out of his body in efforts to just be able to, like, take that. I
0: actually think Mephisto's in Spider-Man's body, and Strange is trying to push Peter Parker on a Mephisto. Uh Do you get it? Yeah. And that would explain why why Spider-Man's hanging on to that, that green... Box. Well, it's not really good. Parker's brown. getting thrown out. But yes, that, that whole scene, I think people need to really pay attention to that scene in particular. It's cool, number one, and number two, I think it reveals some stuff.
1: Then you know? we it's see the Iron Spider suit. Infamous
0: Iron Spider suit. We see Happy. About to which, get killed. Not not surprised. And then here comes all the controversy. So first we see the grenade that definitely appears to be the Green Goblin's grenade. It look like a pumpkin, yeah. Yeah, it, it explodes. Then we, we hear in the background, now we're, we're not Keaton, listening to it, if Keaton's, you listen carefully, it's Michael Keaton's vulture mm-hmm. telling Peter,
1: be careful what you wish for.
0: Be careful what you wish for. And then out of nowhere, as Peter looks over, here comes the arm and up pops up Doc, Doc Ock, Ock, who is the original Doc Ock. From Spider-Man 2 with the Toby Maguire. Correct, and I actually, I always liked that Doc Ock anyway, so I was glad they brought that actor back.
1: I'm not minding that the actor, I'm just more like, he's back, cool. I'm not necessarily like, oh, yay, yay. But this is
0: where I say, I think there's going to be even more multiverse than people think, so I think you're going to get Ooh, that. What yeah.
1: happens if we have Tobey Maguire as an older there Spider-Man? Is a,
0: there is an implication that Tobey Maguire's in this. They've implied Ooh. that he might be showing up. Uh, and I'm I'm thinking more along the lines of what if you get a Spider Verse kind of situation, right, where you've got one uh, Spider Man who's in the uh, Iron Spider suit. What if you have a another Iron Spider Man that's in like the the regular Spider Man suit? What if you Venom have Tobey Maguire? Right. What if you have the Venom Spider Man showing uh, up? What if get you Toby, get what I'm saying? And they're all Toby fighting, Maguire. and they're all fighting the Vulture and Doc Ock and. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like You could oh. totally blow this thing up and have all sorts of people coming in. And I think that's why Feige is trying to keep a lid on it, because if this movie is that crazy, and that's it's by the way, is the rest of the trailer, pretty then much. you know everything after December 17th is just going to go, like, everything and anything is possible. The, this has led to, point.
1: the between this and Loki and WandaVision, you have led to meme arts of right out of the original, like, 66 Spider-Man, where it's like he's pointing it all himself. Yep. And it turns into I've seen people reanimate it with the Kang, both characters from yes, one uh, Division. It's like holy crap! Imagine this is like, and that's where it's I say only this, getting worse. Yes,
0: but that's where I say this all could lead to Secret War down the road because in Secret War now you could have every single version of Wolverine together, you could have every single version of Cap together, you could have every single version of. You know what I mean? Like the 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 possibilities are endless. You could
1: have all the different versions of Spider-Man, including Spider-Ham. This is oh my! This is basically akin to Infinity Crisis, yes. in DC, right? But Ugh. in in much worse fashion. Okay,
0: so let's learn. Uh, go on to our last one. This is, by the way, Shang Chi spoilers. So if you don't want to know, move on. I'd say for the next fifteen minutes. So Shang Chi. So we're gonna talk this is from Insider.com. Shang Chi finally fixes the Iron Man 3's problematic Mandarin character. So I'm gonna read through this. My son hasn't read it either, so it'll be good for us all to know. So Iron Man 3 featured two versions of the classic Marvel Comics villain, The Mandarin. A fake version played by Ben Kingsley's Trevor Slattery, and the real version played by Guy Pierce. Neither of these renditions satisfied fans, including this fan, by the way. I was never happy oh, with the way they handled it.
1: I liked the The look of the other... uh, I
0: liked the look, yes. Ben Kingsley's look I liked. But Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Marvel's newest and boldest origin story movie, has fixed that and given us a far superior version of the character, Wenwu, who doesn't actually go by the name Mandarin at all. In fact, he mocks it. Here's all you need to know about the character. Okay, so there are two versions of the Mandarin in Iron Man 3, both turned out to be imposters. The first was Ben Kingsley's Trevor Slattery, who pretended to be the Ten Rings' as terrorist leader using the name the Mandarin. This character seemed to blend American and Asian cultures, with army pants juxtaposing a cloak decorated with Chinese symbols and dragons, not to mention the triarchal, thick American accent. This was done purposefully to avoid perpetrating stereotypes of Asian characters, and while it worked, Kingsley's Mandarin was actually terrifying and effective. However, it turned out that this Mandarin was just a fake persona played by British actor Trevor Slattery and created by Guy Pearce's Aldrich Aldrich Killian, who was using acts of terrorism as a cover-up for his illegal experiments. Killian reveals himself to be the true Mandarin, and it seemed that the MCU was set on sticking to this. Iron Man 3 director Shane Black even said that Killian's dragon chest tattoos meant that he was indeed the real Mandarin. However, the twist of Kingsley's Mandarin being a fake and Killian being the real Mandarin did not go down well with fans. Kingsley's innovative Mandarin was called a waste of potential by many, while others were upset that the Mandarin, one of the most prominent Asian characters in Marvel Comics, was played by two white men. All Hail the King, reset the Mandarin character and gave Marvel a second chance. This Marvel one-shot short film followed Jackson Norris, a member of the Real Ten Rings organization, interviewing Slattery in prison. Norris tells Slattery that the real Mandarin is actually still out there and wants to meet him as he's angry he pretended to be him. Slattery is then abducted. This short film reset the character, telling audiences that Killian was as much of a pretender as Slattery and opening up the possibility of a third version of the character in the MCU. We finally got that in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, with Tony Leung playing the real Mandarin in the MCU, Wenwu. Wenwu is actually a composite character of two Marvel characters, the Mandarin and Fu Manchu. In the comics, Fu Manchu is a supervillain and the father of Shang-Chi. The character has a troubled history, though, as many have accused Fu Manchu of perpetrating racist stereotypes of Asian characters, particularly the Yellow Peril stereotype. Marvel Comics addressed this by changing Manchu's name to Zhang Zhu, which is how he's now known in the comics, while Fu Manchu is simply one of many aliases the character uses. Zhu also builds up his own criminal empire over an entire century, and he uh, he possesses eternal youth. Meanwhile, the Mandarin is a famous foe of several Marvel characters, including Iron Man. He wields powerful ten rings, which Wen Wu does in Shang-Chi. Wenwu also appears to be based on the Secret Wars version of Fu Manchu, in which he, his likeness and abilities are based on the Mandarin, and he's in charge of a martial arts school called the Ten Rings. In the movie, Wenwu is in charge of the Ten Rings organization, and also wields ten rings, which give him eternal youth and have enabled him to build up his own empire over a thousand years, during which he has been known by many names. In Shang-Chi, Mandarin is just one of many names Wenwu says he goes by. Notably, Wen Wu openly mocks the name Mandarin, saying that his enemies named him after a chicken dish. You know Mandarin chicken? Yeah. This is Marvel mocking their own past interpretation of the character, smartly acknowledging the elephant in the room. Furthermore, Kingsley's cameo as Slattery does the same thing. Slattery talks to Shang-Chi about his time playing the fake Mandarin persona and calls the persona an unflattering rendition of Wenwu. He seems genuinely sorry for ever impersonating him. So there you go. We now know he's going to be in the movie. This is as much Marvel talking as it is Slattery. Both are calling themselves out for the controversial portrayals of the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. Not only do we get a great new villain in Wenwu, but also actually get to enjoy Killian and Slattery's versions of the Mandarin a lot more now that they are fakes. The decision to openly mock their past iterations of the character and universe invites audiences in on the joke. With Iron Man 3, we were left on the outside. Now we're front and center. And that's the end of the article. So, what do you think of this idea? Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Is yeah, it kinda, really I, necessary? That is my question.
0: Well, it is, it is necessary in that they did leave us hanging with this I, Ten Rings Mandarin character. I just don't know if I like their, <laughs> it was all a joke. Um, I think it was more of like a ha, 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 crap. We screwed up. Oh, quick, right. write it off as a joke because if we don't, then they're going to get really pissed. Really,
1: <laughs> more of the ha, 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 ha. oh shit. The yeah, fans was, are rebelling. Yeah, and then it was kind of uh, like okay, quick, now we need to this, take this. Bury this. Well,
0: no, it was more like we need to take this partially serious. So let's go and try to explain it as best we can. Personally, I don't like the way they're playing it off. I like I like the idea. Don't get me wrong. I actually kind of like the idea that Wen Wu
1: is the Mandarin. That's okay. I'm fine with that. And I like the fact that we're not necessarily like, okay, we're going to go cover Fu Manchu too. We're just going to take those two guys and kind of mold them together just to make this a little easier. Right. And because... Fu Manchu,
0: I mean, to be honest, looking back at the comics, I could see where they'd be like, Wow, that's racist. He's incredibly
1: (laughs) a bad character to write about. It would actually cause us more detriment to try to write him.
0: Well, and I. Could you imagine. (laughs) Could you imagine going into. Using Fu Manchu in the Chinese market? Oh my. We would never hear the end of it. (laughs) China would declare a war on us over something like that. I'm serious. Because. Imagining it
1: being something that. uh, Although I am. Reporter in Family Guy would say. I am
0: curious as to how they're going to handle. What's what's the uh, the dragon? What's the dragon's name? Fing Fang Fing fum. Fang Foom. Because that's just as bad, if you ask me. It's just as racist. I don't know how they're going to handle that.
1: But I you uh, could advocate yeah. that you could you could use the gamma or at tr- least uh, Godzilla effect and say he was living peacefully at the bottom of the ocean. We at know. least
0: they're still using the, the Ten Rings organization. I'm okay with all of that kind of getting wrapped together into this. That's actually okay. I'm fine with it. I just don't know if you needed to like. Like mock it out, be like ha ha ha, ha and try well, to laugh I off would've... the previous thing. I would have actually taken it more seriously and like actually had him like kill Ben Kingsley's character.
1: Yeah, have for have, have the son trying brought... to mock him. Have you know? the son brought in, and he's <laughs> the master will be with you in a moment, please, sir. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I didn't. Even... <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and then he gets killed. And like, you just uh... see a hand drop, and then that's it. But here's the other thing too: aren't we all kind of completely playing off the power of the? 10 rings and I'm not talking about the 10 bracelets. I'm talking about the 10 rings that have power. So yet again, this is kind of like, this would be like, so people are trying to understand like why I was kind of upset about the rings and why the 10 rings are kind of like Thanos's gauntlet. Each ring by itself. Can't really do much. Like you can do some things, but not a lot. But when you put the 10 rings together, then the Mandarin becomes this all and powerful fighter, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like Thanos' gauntlet. It, with each stone he finds, he adds a new power. And also together, turning
1: more pink versus purple.
0: Right. But together is when he becomes the most powerful. He truly each, becomes the mad time. Right. Each, each stone by itself is really not that big of a deal. But, each, but putting the stones together suddenly makes it a big deal. To me, we just took the ten rings, not bracelets, and made them pointless. To be honest with you. I mean, just by doing it through Wenwu. That, that's my only other my yeah. only other thing. I just don't like the idea we're trying to laugh it off. I as also... if trying to say to Marvel fans, you're that stupid, and you'll just laugh that off with us. I'm not sure they will. I don't with know. The, that may backfire on
1: them. The way the rings even glow and look like, they look like Wakandan tech. Well, there's
0: rumor later on that that's what you're going to find out, that supposedly T'Challa sent the... or had the rings sent to him and he added his tech to them and sent them back to Shang-Chi. Because supposedly the next Avengers, it's going to be Black Panther and Shang-Chi and Black Knight. And you know what I mean? like, And I get it. I know which version of the Avengers they're moving towards. Is it more okay than Marvel Now
1: Avengers? Cause... Yeah,
0: kind of like the Marvel Now version, I think, is what it is. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them moving in that direction. Just keep... I just stop changing the backstories in these characters and just live up to the... Again, we're trying to change the backstory on characters that are popular. Shang-Chi was popular. There's a backstory there, and when you mess with it, you you start messing with other things. You're messing with the backstory of Mandarin. When you mess with that, you're starting to mess with other things in the Marvel Universe, and they're going to have to try to explain other stuff later on that's not going to make sense because the backstory's been changed. So yeah, that's my hot take on that. Okay, so those are our thoughts on Boba Fett's armor possibly changing in Star Wars. Thanks, Kathleen Kennedy. The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that came out recently and Shang-Chi fixing the Mandarin problem. We'd love to hear from you. You can get a hold of us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on MeWe. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. We're also on Rumble. So please like and subscribe. Uh, on Rumble, hit that Rumble button and, and like us and also share our videos. Uh, We're going to come back, and this will probably be a B-side video. Uh, We're going to come back in just a little bit and talk about the second episode of Marvel's Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we'll be back in just a little bit.
1: What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it.
0: I don't know what you're talking
1: about, Hal. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen.
0: Oh boy, I think we need to get our computer under control. We'll be back after this break. I think. Right, Hal? Imperial TIE Fighter, attack! x wing body to face! I'm in for a dogfight! Imperial TIE Fighter, an x wing fighter, new from Star Wars Micro Collection line. each sold separately. He's in my sight! God. They're built for heavy battle action. They go right back together again. And each ship comes with a diecast figure. The sky is where we belong. Imperial TIE fighter and X-Wing fighter from Star Wars Micro Collection line. Each sold separately, figures included. New from Kenner. He was born on a distant planet from the center of the universe. Although born a slave, he was a gifted pilot and mechanic, and was so smart he built his first droid without any help. He idealized his mother and had a close relationship with her right up until her death, which had a huge impact on his life. Because he had to make an emergency landing, our hero meets Jedi Master Qui-Gon Jinn. During this meeting, his mother reveals to the Jedi Master that her son can foresee the future and that she is not sure who his father is. While visiting with our hero, Qui-Gon is concerned that our hero is strongly connected to the Force. After... Earning his freedom, our hero leaves with Qui-Gon to go to Coruscant in an attempt to learn more about the Force and what it means to him. He is brought before the Jedi Council, and they opt not to help him because they sense our hero has a fear as a motivator. Eventually, our hero returns to his home planet and helps the Resistance fighters fight back. He even manages to bring down a droid-control ship single-handedly. During the battle, Qui-Gon is taken out by a Sith warrior, and upon his death, his Padawan agrees to look after and train our hero. Ten years later, our hero becomes a full-time Padawan within the Jedi Order. However, he believes his master is holding him back in some way and is resentful of him for that fact. After rescuing the Senator of Naboo from an assassination attempt, our hero goes with her back to her home planet and eventually falls in love with the Senator, even though it is against his own Jedi code. While there, he feels that his own mother is in trouble and begs the senator to join him in visiting his home planet, which she agrees to. When he gets to his home planet, our hero discovers that his mother was not only freed, but married the man who freed her, whose name was Kleeg. And when our hero visits him, he discovers that his mother was kidnapped by Tusken Raiders. Our hero then attacks the Tusken Raiders in an attempt to free his mother, and during that attack, he goes from being a hero to turning to the dark side of the force but that would not be his, his first time. By the time he gets to his mother, it's too late, and she ends up dying in his arms. He brings his mother, named Shmi, back to Kleeg Lars's farm to bury her body and give her a proper burial. It's not long after this that Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi calls our hero to Geonosis and begs for his help as the Clone Wars are about to begin, and Senator Padme Amidala decides to join our hero in this fight. Our hero continues to fight the Separatists through the Clone Wars and becomes a hero of the Republic when he kills Count Dooku. But our hero becomes one of the biggest anti-heroes in the Star Wars universe. He is convinced by Emperor Palpatine that the Jedi are bad, and he even manages to lead the 501st in an attack on the Jedi Temple. Because our hero is Anakin Skywalker, who is also Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. And now you know the rest of the Galaxy Cast story. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested we look forward to creating a professional commercial for you that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world To the Galaxy Cast. You can use a good kiss. Hey, folks! Welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast as we talk about season one, episode two of the Falcon and the Winter T- Soldier, titled "The Star Spangled Man."
1: And I just realized this, and and we'll get to it later in the episode. But this is really much the episode that is the USO episode for uh, John Walker here, because USO. From the first movie when Cap America was in the original Cap costume that everyone didn't like because it has the wings. He wore as a USO to buy buy your US sales bonds today. Okay. That a portion of the I don't see movie. how this is that at all, but okay. Because the title of the episode is Spar Spangled Man, and the song is A Star Spangled Man with a Plan. Kind of. <laughs> Can you not sing that right <laughs> now? Thank you. Okay. It's also
0: because he's now not Captain America, but anyway, let's yeah. get into it. So, the plot, again, I'm reading right off Wikipedia. This will be in our show notes. John Walker appears on Good Morning America as the new Captain America and discusses his desire to live up to Steve Rogers' mantle. Now, I want to talk about this a minute because I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about Winter Soldier, or not Winter Soldier, (laughs) (laughs) about the Captain America-John Walker crossover event, whatever you want to call it the John Walker mantle. I and mean, yes, he's going to become US agent. We all know that. That's that's everybody should know that by now. Mm-hmm. What everybody needs to understand here is you're supposed to hate John Walker at first.
1: True. Uh, Throughout the first half of the series, I wanted to punch him through the TV. It just amazed me, all the people online
0: that were like, I hate John Walker. And I'm kind of like, good. Good. That's what you're supposed to do. You even told me that. But I was kind of like, okay. So there's hating on John Walker, which people were kind of like, I hate him, okay? And then there's like, hating on John Walker. I mean, Uh, there were people that were going like-
1: me giving him the uh, Tim Drake? Well, I mean, there were people going
0: psycho (laughs) about this dude. Like, they were going nuts about- John Walker and what an awful Captain America he is and just give the shield to Falcon. I mean, yeah. you all knew that's what was going to happen. Everybody yeah. knew where we were going with this show from the beginning the- to the end of the show. But you, you had to kind of let the thing play out. Give the poor guy a chance. Now, here's the other thing I got kind of irked at. The poor actor who played John Walker. Oh, no. No. And don't I'm tell me they hang did. on. So, Wyatt Russell, down here it is Wyatt Russell as John uh, Walker under yeah. Casty. So, you got to look in the right spot. Yeah. So, Wyatt Russell, poor Wyatt Russell, got death threats. No. He had emails sent his way. His no. poor uh, social media got just hammered.
1: Time out. First off,
0: either they made fun of him. For looking like the old guy from Up from the last (laughs) episode, which, okay, that was mildly funny. I give credit to that a little bit, okay? I
1: imagine he was a good sport about those ones. I
0: I hope. (laughs) hope. Okay, but here's the problem. I mean, you're a guy. You're a person, okay? Mm -hmm. but you really want that coming your way? You know what I mean? Like, I kind of thought about that a little bit. Like, people, he's an actor. That's not really fair, but okay.
1: I would think it more like... Beyond Watching all a robot that, chicken making fun of you.
0: Here <laughs> you are projecting your anger at a guy that you don't think represents Captain America for two reasons. First off, I'm going to put it out there because he's not black yet. Sorry, it's the truth. Okay? Uh, that was some of the anger. and I'm being... I, I hate going down that road. I really do, but it's the truth. That was some of the anger. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the other part of the anger was well, he's a super, or he's not a superhero. He doesn't have super soldier serum in him. So how can he be Cap? And nobody can replace Steve Rogers. Now, here's the ironic thing about what people were doing to this guy that's the whole reason the John Walker story is the way the John Walker story is. I think so. Everybody the- expected him to live up to the Steve Rogers mantle. Ready for this? As an actor, you just did to poor, uh, uh, what, what's his name now? Wyatt. I, Wyatt Russell. <laughs> you just did to Wyatt Russell. You expected Wyatt Russell to be on the same level as the actor who played Captain America. Steve, uh, Chris uh, Evans. Chris Evans. I so hate. you expected Wyatt Russell to live up to Chris Evans' expectations. And when you didn't, you were shocked. And I'm not at all. Because you know what? He's not Chris Evans. He's Wyatt John Walker, Riot Russell. And I just, it blew my mind that the one thing the comic was trying to point out to people, the hypocrisy of trying to make him live up to the Steve Rogers mantle, we did it to the actor in the process of oh trying not to do it to the well, character.
1: I want to throw a timeout here for a quick second. We've done this to how many people in Star Wars? We did to Rose Tico. Uh, I forget the actress's to, yeah, name. Into- we did to Young Annie, and then we did it to Jar Jar. Uh, I'm gonna go even
0: farther. They did it to Gina Carano for crying out loud, right? So yeah. all this stuff is interconnected. But people understand what you did to poor Wyatt Russell.
1: Isn't How exactly we should exactly as- what
0: the storyline was all about? And y'all missed it because you did it to him anyway. Yeah, really- and that's the irony behind it all. In your efforts to be like we want, you know, Buck, we want uh, Falcon to be Captain America. You made this poor guy feel like total trash. Yeah, wrong. It was wrong. I I, I I didn't like the way that was handled. I I understand. I just wanted to say that. Okay, so let's move on, because I will say this. As far as playing John Walker, Wyatt Russell did an amazing job. And I'm going to tell you, when it's all said and done, those of you that were bagging on this poor guy, you're actually going to feel bad. Because if you haven't read through the U.S. Agent comics, there is a huge story arc here where he is going to redeem himself later on. And all of you who've been bagging on him are going to feel like total
1: idiots My first when issue, it's all said and done. My first issue with Walker as a character was not the fact that he didn't have a super soldier serum. He didn't act like Steve, he acted very much like an arrogant soldier, not necessarily a. But that's what John Walker was. I, I know, I know. You had to explain that to me, but yes. I'm, I'm expecting people who wear the shield and and bear the, the Captain America star to be kind of goody two shoes Boy Scouts, right? But that's you see, that's the problem that everybody doesn't understand about John Walker. He is
0: not, he is not the prototypical Steve Rogers type. He is not the goody two shoes, all Amer- American boy. You know, it was funny because if you didn't catch it early on in the episode, I liked what happened early on because Bucky said something about, like, well, would you would you jump on a grenade? Yeah. And then John Walker goes, yeah, but you take your helmet and put it over the grenade so you don't kill yourself.
1: And that's something. Did you catch that? Like, yeah. And I was kind of like, okay. He, he's even, like, rambling on making a joke about right. it, too. And
0: I get it. I was like, okay, it sounds arrogant. It really does, right? It sounds completely arrogant. But that's actually... Training from World War II to the Korean War to even nowadays has changed that much. So we tell soldiers that instead of sacrificing your whole body, take your you know take your helmet, throw it over top of the grenade, and at least maybe it'll shield you some from the explosion of the grenade.
1: right You might be able to walk away from it. You might
0: actually survive it. Why? Because tactics have gotten better.
1: The grenade People only... have thought
0: about these things more, you yeah. know, right? And so I know I know, Bucky was kind of like, right? But what I was kind of like, dude, like he's just trying to tell you the tactics of improved. Because Steve was selfless when he did that, even though it was
1: a dummy grenade. But you grenade. think John
0: Walker wouldn't be selfless taking his helmet off, throwing it on a grade, and then throwing himself on top of it?
1: No, I'm not saying that's that. It's just a selfish. It's just smarter. <laughs> no, there'd be some people like Uncle Sean who would call, me up, call him a pansy because he didn't just hop on the great eight all unprotected. But it's smart. It's I not know. pansy-ish. It's smart. <laughs> and that's what I was saying. Like We bag
0: on this poor guy. And quite honestly, it's just he's got a bad background. Now, later on, he does some stupid things. I'll give you that. And we'll talk about that when oh, we yeah. get there. But at the same time, there's re- there's going to be a redemption story. I'm telling you, these people that bagged on this guy are like, I hate him. You're going to regret it later on because actually you
1: may feel bad about what happens to John Walker. And I kind of like at the end of the episode, we have this explanation of it. You get to see Sam's perspective of it as being like, here's the shield. Gee, it doesn't really feel like it's mine. It right. feels more like it still belongs to Steve. Right. So him so, handing it off this was never anyone's intention besides the u s government because right you and, know and understand great at that. that's the
0: other thing I think a lot of
1: people didn't understand
0: John Walker did not ask for this mantle no it was given to him through orders through orders and I will give you you know everybody says well he was ordered to do it you know he could have opted not to yes yes he could have but if you were ordered to be captain America would you really tell the u s military no if you were in the military like
1: and every person in the world that's in the comments is going, No, of course I'd say no.
0: I don't believe it. I don't. I think every American who's in the military would be like, Yeah, I'll be Steve I'll I'll do Captain America. <laughs> I really do. Okay. I'm- so let's move on. So Bucky Barnes watches on, disappointed, and soon confronts Sam Wilson about his decision. To hand Captain America's shield to the United States government. Uh, I don't think that's really considered disappointment. It was more in rage. It was. He decides to come with Wilson as he searches for the Flag Smashers terrorist group. Now, I get it. I understand why Bucky's upset. I actually do. I also understand why Sam handed the shield off. He thought the shield was just going to be a display. put in a display, and that was it. And, mm-hmm. I, and part of me said... But it's the U.S. government. Did you really think the U.S. government was just going to put it on display? No. Okay. Now I get why people are upset. But then again, I was also sitting here thinking: if that little argument didn't happen and that never happened, then why would we have a talking f- a Winter Soldier TV show? That's the whole point. It's the people, plot right? of the show. It's we the have plot. to
1: draw it out.
0: <laughs> so meanwhile, Bucky, Bucky's decided to join Sam Wilson, looking for this well, Flag Smashers terrorist yeah. group.
1: And I love the like. We're dropping. He just goes. Do you have any shoots? No, it's too low for the shoots. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, oh no, and don't do it. Well, he just yeah, goes, that, that okay. whole scene
0: is, is oh, interesting yeah. in a, out of itself, and we can talk about that in just a little bit here. Now, one thing I find interesting: the Flag Smashers group. Mm-hmm. It, I, it, I have mixed feelings about what they did with the Flag Smashers because. It's the flag smashers, but it's not. First off, there is a character. A lot of people don't know this, so Google it when you get a chance. I was just doing it to show my son.
1: Yeah, I'm. There's seeing... a group
0: called Flag Smasher, or there's a character, excuse me, called Flag Smasher. He's literally a guy dressed in white with like a, a black hood, and it depends, red or white eyes, and he's Boy, always carrying a mace. And he's also got a black cape with a red inside, right? And Flag Smasher was kind of a cool character in the comics. He was kind of like the the anti-cap. So a lot of people misunderstood Flag Smasher. So a lot of people thought in the comic books – this is the comic book I always remember him from. A lot of people oh. thought thought in the comic books that Flag Smasher was like anti-cap. He wasn't necessarily anti-cap. What he was was anti-authoritarian. So everybody kind of thought Flag Smasher was like somebody who didn't think that uh, – that, See, and this is where the, the the group's architecture and what's going on in the show don't line up. Everybody, th- well, back Flag Smasher thought that freedom was freedom to an extent, but that true freedom meant the government had to have some control over everything. Cap's idea of freedom is the American way, which is rugged individualism. In other words, the individual has the right over themselves unless the government feels the need to restrict your personal control over something because it puts somebody else at risk flag smasher more believed in the government should control what you're allowed to do so it's not fascism it's not socialism it's kind of like a mixture of the two okay i guess in modern terms it'd be progressivism
1: I would consider that maybe a progressive anarchism. Yeah, it might be a progressive anarchy, I guess, the best way to... You're Cause, right. Because he kind of the believes... The way I'm describing it, yeah. Because he kind of believes that no borders, no nations, just kind of a... Correct. And and one a, loose government that keeps everyone in If you'll notice line. on his
0: belt, he's got the world, right? Mm. So one of the arguments Flag Smasher always said that everything you do should be in, in, in concept of keeping the world a better place. Because he always argued with Cap about that. And Cap always argued... That he was about the American way, right? And there was just kind of this argument between mm-hmm. the two. So they made that guy into a quote-unquote terrorist group. And so that's—I I, at first I got kind of confused. I'm like, wait, Flag Smasher is not a group; it's a guy. And so I had to kind of like learn to deal with that. All right, so going on in the plot, Wilson and Barnes travel to Munich and find the Flag Smasher smuggling medicine. So this is where Austin was talking about. They jump out of the plane. Now, you know, for Falcon, Falcon that's away. not a big deal. He flies away, he puts his wings out, right?
1: I love the. He
0: and they ch- tell Bucky, they're like, we have no shoots. And he's like, oh, I don't, I don't worry need, about it. I don't enough. need one. I don't need one. And he, he just rips flies. off his,
1: his sleeve to expose. The, Part of me was like, the, the Wakandan at arm. least
0: put your arm out and try to grab a branch. Like, he didn't even attempt <laughs> to do that. He just <laughs> fell to the ground. I was like, dude, did I he can't. Land, leave.
1: Uh, did he land on the arm or did the arm land on him? I can't remember. I,
0: <laughs> I don't remember. Either way, I thought it was. Either way, they got. oh. It was funny that.
1: That, that failed Wilson. the superhero that landing. Sam, that Sam Wilson's kind of like, you know I got that on film, right? Like just, It was kind of a funny And I moment. love the line of, get that on my face, or I'm going to break it. Yeah.
0: I'm just like, I could see him doing that. So they find the Flag Smasher Smasher's smuggling medicine. That's hard to say. Wilson identifies <laughs> a possible hostage who is revealed to be the group's leader, Carly Morgenthau. Morgenthau. Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: Carly is... An interesting character. Now, if you've ever watched Star Wars, she should look vaguely familiar. She's from the Solo character. I just can't remember her name. Aaron Kellyman played uh, Emphis Nest in Solo A Star Wars Story. I liked her in Solo A Star Wars Story. I I, I had mixed feelings about her on The Falcon and Winter Soldier. So she was, it was kind of funny because she's all cutesy. She's
1: like, oh, hi. 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 And all of a sudden, she's saving. kicking
0: a rod out of Sam she Wilson. punches
1: him through the door straight up.
0: So, with their enhanced abilities, the Flag Smashers quickly overpower Barnes and Wilson until Walker and Lamar Hoskins come to their aid, though the Flag Smashers escape. So, all of a sudden, here comes John Walker and Lamar Hoskins. <laughs> on a freaking
1: helicopter. On a
0: helicopter. And Lamar Hoskins is playing... Battlestar. Battlestar, thank you. It's under... So yeah. There, there's all sorts of sidekicks, by the way, for Captain America. Everybody thought Bucky was only the only. So no. Bucky, yeah, Falcon, wasn't Falcon, Battlestar,
1: wasn't uh, Black Panther at one point, kind of a sort of sidekick. Uh,
0: they worked together quite a bit. There's quite a few sidekicks of Captain wasn't America over here. Agent the years. 13 one of them too, I believe. So <laughs> yes, Good Battlestar night. was one of the sidekicks of Captain America. I I can't remember if it was the John Walker, Captain America, or if it was the Steve Rogers, but I'm 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 not quite sure on that. But I liked having Battlestar and Lamar mm-hmm. Hoskins, I thought was kind of a cool ad here. Uh, they come to their aid and the the flag smashers escape. Now, in the meanwhile, this whole fight. Oh yeah. We get a chance to see, first off, the flag smashers high on the drugs, right? Yeah. But we also get a chance to see Bucky and Falcon aren't as bad. A, as we thought, right? Like yeah, they're, they're not, as, they're good not as, as we initially thought. Well,
1: I don't think they're, they're coordinated. They're not coordinated yet. They're right. they're very much.
0: They're uh, not coordinated th- yet. I'll give you that. They
1: haven't done the Cap and f- uh, f- uh, winner Soldier on Steve Ra- on Iron Man, right? But Let's the other thing up. too
0: that I thought was kind of interesting here is you also get a chance to see that Walker and Lamar Hoskins actually are teamed up way better. First off, now they teamed up better, but actually can go probably toe to toe with. Falcon, and Winter Soldier. So there's kind of an interesting dynamic there, I think. The fact that they can go toe-to-toe. With their enhanced abilities, the Flag Smashers quickly overpower Barnes and Wilson until Walker and... Oh, I just read that part. Walker and Hoskins request Barnes and Wilson join them in aiding the Global Repatriation Council, the GRC. By the way... It took me forever to figure out when they talked about the GRC that they're talking about the Global Repatriation Council.
1: I kind of feel like there was a small nod to it somewhere, like it yeah. said it, I just we must have not been paying it. To quash the ongoing violent
0: post-blip revolutions, but they refuse. So, the GRC, Global Repatriation Council, okay, is trying to put the world back together post-blip. Yeah. If I'm understanding it correctly, yeah.
1: Basically, what they're doing is reestablishing borders, and even Walker mentioned like getting people back their homes, their social security. Basically, trying to reset everything China, that just right, disappeared. Trying to get families back together. But like, and I thought about this:
0: if this were to ever actually happen in real life, I mean, it's a crazy idea. Somebody mm-hmm. snaps their fingers, and half the world dies. Right? And now they come Don't back. Do it right because somebody snapped their fingers again, and half those people come back. But would you really? And this is the part where like. This really gets into some, like, meats and bones of people, okay? Well, even the As a person, if you lost a family member, would you trust the government to give your family member back? Yeah. That's a pretty loaded question, isn't it, when you think about it? Like, do I trust the government to bring my family member back? Mm -hmm. I don't know if I do.
1: Well, for me. And I trust
0: the government about, I think, some things. I mean, I'm probably one of those people that I'm not, all right, I'm not anti-government. But I don't trust the government. I do not fully go. I love the government. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme. Give I'm like, you know, government. As long as it's not in my way, it's okay.
1: So long as I can do my thing, make I my money, be and pay but when my the taxes. government gets,
0: yeah, I'm like, well, I don't want to pay my taxes. Well, okay, because as far as I'm concerned, the government shouldn't be giving me taxes. That's a thing that's not necessary. Hmm. But what I'm trying to say is, I like the government out of my life as much as possible. I think the average American feels that way, actually. That's the weird thing. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. I think we all want the government out of our way. We just want to live our life, right? Like most as average Joe's
1: Joe in the end of the street. I think we can all
0: agree on that. And that's the weird thing. We all agree the government needs to be out of our way. We right? just can't agree on we just where can't agree on, on how that works. Okay. <laughs> but here's the thing. I I think if you ask the average person, would you trust the government to bring a family member back if they were blipped away? I think most people would say nope.
1: Well, I'm, right? I'm thinking more on the legality situation. Okay, you blip away, your house gets sold to this new family who lived during the blip. You blip back in the middle of the bedroom. R- right, like that whatever. That would be, a, first off, an awkward moment. Gosh, I <laughs> hope that's not in the middle of the night when, you know,
0: what's <laughs> going on, because that would be a weird moment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe, what? There's someone watching us in the corner? It's kind of weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> sounds like a robot chicken episode. <laughs> Rapid, right, right? Seth Green, you want to hear but, like, okay, so
1: there's but that, that, right? And then the legal side of it, like, well, this is my house. No, it's my house. Well, I had the house during before the break. Prim- right, like, I didn't think about that's the legality. I think I of didn't the think about the with.
0: fallout, right, of the blip. <laughs> like, the, not just the personal fallout, the political and the social fallout of the blip. And mm-hmm. I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's a valid point. Like, there's <laughs> things I had not thought about with the blip that would have had some major, major ramifications for the average person. So, yes, I can see where this GRC
1: might be needed. But maybe not necessary. But I can
0: also see where people are like, screw that GRC thing. Like, I could totally see it. I really could. For some and things in like- today's day and age, especially now- As divided as our country is, and I'll even say this, as divided as our world is, because a lot of people think it's just the United States, but it's not. People are divided in Brazil. People are divided in France. I mean, if you don't believe me, go out and Google some of this stuff. There are, I mean, they're in Australia, in New Zealand, they're having protests and marches on their government because they don't agree with what's going on. So can you imagine if a blip happened? That's crazy. Right? (laughs) So let's go on.
1: Anyways. Meanwhile,
0: Morgenthau <laughs> receives a threatening text from the mysterious power broker. So that's somebody we're going to learn about later. Later. So traveling to Baltimore, Barnes introduces Wilson to Isaiah Bradley, a veteran super soldier who fought Barnes in the Korean War.
1: Just, well, back when Barnes was, you know, winter soldier on the Hydra side.
0: Correct. So, <laughs> but think about this for a minute. There, there was like a lot of loaded things going on oh, here. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: first off, during this whole scene, he mentions about him ripping the arm in half and then saw him grow it back. Correct. Basically. I'm like, <laughs> yep. Oh, so right. <laughs> first
0: off, Isaiah Bradley, right? Is a veteran super soldier, meaning there was a super soldier in the program with a uh, 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 cap
1: with, with Not Steve from what Rogers. I heard. It's basically, cause I had to look this up, but I read through some of the older comics what happened is they figured out a way to create a mock-up of a similar super soldier serum, which is what the power broker later has. Correct.
0: But what I'm saying is there was a program beyond Steve. They told Steve they stopped the, pro- the super soldier no, program. they told Carter that. With Steve, but then he, what they didn't tell him is they continued on. And so they created this other super soldier who fought against Bucky Barnes in the Korean War. And Bradley refuses to help them uncover information about additional super soldier serums due to being imprisoned and experimented on by the U.S. government and Hydra for 30 years. Think about that one, too.
1: And this. Is- so
0: this guy goes off. He fights in the Korean War. He comes back home as a super soldier. He wins the war. To an extent, we won the Korean War. We kept South Korea free. He comes home, and he's experimented on by the U.S. government. And then, oh, by the way,
1: and Hydra. This just reminds me, because you had me look this up, the Tuskegee Project or whatever it was. Yes, the Tuskegee Project. This is just kind of a little too
0: close to that. Well, I think that was Marvel's way of like bringing to light what the happened? idea that some of those things were going on, and they were going on post-World War II. We did do experiments on the African-American community. Sorry, it's true U.S. history, uh, and I don't think it's racist to say that it happened, because it did. And it created mistrust in the African American community. It was a shame that it happened. I I I feel bad that it happened I don't we can't see and this is the other thing I think a lot of people miss about teaching history.
1: You can learn about it. You can't change it. Nope. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just you can't. You're not the author of okay? Once Upon a Time who could just write out a new history. Well, you just you can't
0: change history. You have to accept it for what it is you learn from it so that you can improve on it in the future. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at this even, too. You know, yes, he's upset. Isaiah Bradley has an absolute right to be upset.
1: Oh, yeah. I think
0: but- he has a right to kick Bucky out of his house, right? Well, first off, well, he I think he's going to have a hard through
1: the t- damn wall. Look at that.
0: Well, I'm also going to say this, too. It's going to be hard for him not to look at Bucky as the Winter Soldier.
1: Yeah, because well-
0: even Steve's having a hard time looking at Bucky as not the Winter Soldier in the movies. So how would Isaiah not look at him as the
1: enemy, right? Steve actually kind of forgave him almost immediately after the one movie, after he got saved and kind of fought for it. Yeah, but think about the first movie. In In Winter Soldier? In Winter Soldier. In Winter Soldier, he refused to fight him because he was his friend. And nearly died. But but Steve really kind of laid into him in that
0: final scene. Think about it. Think about it.
1: But then he stopped and threw the shield down and said, I wasn't going to fight you. Yes and no. I'm just telling you. Him.
0: Anyway. So it's just interesting that Isaiah's role in this. Now, on top of all that is the undercurrent of, we're talking about two black guys now. In yeah.
1: inner city, yeah. what
0: was it, Philadelphia or Baltimore? Baltimore? Inner city Baltimore, where they question Falcon because he's coming out of a guy's house, these two cops. And mm-hmm. I just thought
1: that whole scene was very well, interesting. No, what happened is, is they're starting to walk down the street, and he's... He's getting – and it says in the next line here, they argue about the fact that he was there and nobody told him. Nobody. There we go. Yeah, you right. It's in
0: the next – let me read the next sentence. So as the two argue over him keeping the existence of an African-American super soldier a secret, Wilson is harassed by police and Barnes is arrested for missing a therapy appointment. So I'm just saying – so I get get what they're doing here. They're trying to show that an African-American walking down the streets – is attempted to be arrested just for being African-American.
1: Well, they're getting loud about it. And, and the first now, thing I noticed is, hey, two white cops come out of the car. it right. so, makes th- me sound a little racist, but I'm sitting here going, we've had well, white cops that jump out of It's hard not to talk
0: about this stuff without bringing race into it. I'm sorry. It's just the truth because the show brought it in, right? That's just the real reality. Agreed. We have this police officer I've gotten to know. He's a personal friend of mine. And he's an African-American. And I was talking with him one time about how african-americans i feel are misconstrued in the public by police and it's cultural and it's misunderstood and he understands it and he told me a story and i I just thought it's a great story and i always like to share it with people because i think it gets them to understand the cultural differences so he was training a white cop so he's an african-american cop himself he's training a white rookie they're going down the street in our city i won't say where Yeah. And they pull up on that, you know, they pull over because they're drinking some coffee. They're going to fill out some paperwork quick. And there are a group of African American boys near the, you know, the closest bodega. And they're talking and they're talking loud. And they're starting to yell at each other. And I mean, they're getting pretty loud, pretty raucous, a little physical, you know, and, and the way guys get physical, shove each other around a little bit, right? And so the white cop is getting. A little anxious. Yep, right? He's worried that these these boys are up to no good. So he gets out of the car to go over and talk to these boys. And the African-American cop's like, wait, what? Oh, okay. We're going to do this. So he gets out of the car, and he just kind of walks over with him. And the white cop goes up to these boys and starts talking. And he's like, hey, guys, what are we up to? And they're like, nothing, man. Just leave us alone. Like, they're just telling this cop to leave them alone. And he's like, yeah, but why? what are we yelling about, guys? What's going on? Nothing. Just go away, right? Like, they're just telling this cop, leave us alone. Mm -hmm. So he gets a little, you know, perturbed. And that's when the other cop, the buddy of mine, kind of steps in and says, so what are we arguing about, guys? Is it Jordan and Pippin? Or is it – no, was it Jordan or – Who's the other basketball I, player that they're thinking is the greatest of all time? I, don't know. <laughs> I can't remember now if it was Michael Jordan and not Scottie Pippen, though. It was it was uh, who's the Lakers dude? Kobe it? Bryant. Kobe Bryant. That's what it was. Who's better? Michael Jordan <laughs> or Kobe Bryant? And and he's like, So who is it? Is it is it Michael Jordan or is it Kobe Bryant? He starts laughing and chuckling. And the guy's like, Oh, Jordan's better because he's got, you know, XYZ number of championships. He has six championship rings. No, Kobe's better because he was the MVP more often than Michael Jordan was. Besides, he was on three different teams. So what they were arguing about was who's the greatest of all time? For basketball. And this this white guy was getting upset because these guys were getting louder and louder as they're arguing more and more. <laughs> When ultimately, culturally, all these poor boys were doing was arguing about basketball. About that, sports. <laughs> that could have, ar- that could have, and his point was, that could have ended badly. The white cop could have gotten upset because they were getting loud, and then he tell him to go away. Yeah. Because they don't want to tell him what they're arguing about, because it seems very minute, and it's not something a police officer really needs to know about, and it's not really a big deal. Yeah. But it- in the scheme of things, that cop's got his... I, I I don't know how you say it. Like his dander up. He's got it. He's he's worried. He's got his guard up. He's got his guard up he's because worried. these guys are getting louder and they're getting more belligerent and they're telling the cop to leave him alone. When in reality, the
1: cop could have just left them alone. They were just making an argument. Of who was the greatest of all time? I've, I noticed that happen around college when we hit the final four season. Right. Is, it's always like they're arguing about basketball the playoffs hit, they're all arguing about. The lunchroom's incredibly loud, and I'm wondering what the heck's going on. And then. One of my friends, who's a little, who's a so little on the darker side, kind of leans back, goes, "Oh, they're discussing basketball teams." So it, yeah, they're all wrong. They're, but my point here was,
0: it's it's literally a cultural misunderstanding. Oh, yeah. And so here, I think this is another situation where prime example. a guy is walking down the street. They don't know who he is. They've never seen him before. They get out of the car, and yeah, I guess you could say that they were asking why he was walking down this neighborhood if they've never seen him before. I'm not defending the cops. I'm not saying it was a good idea. I'm not even saying that's the way it should work.
1: I'm just saying that it happens. And the way that- Good or bad, The way that kind of they stopped the situation, and it was kind of natural as was, dude, do you know who this is? Yeah, that's- That's that's, that's Falcon. Sam Wilson. It's Falcon. Leave him alone. Oh, sorry, Mr.
0: Wilson. It's kind of like- But the question has come up, if it weren't Sam Wilson, what would have happened? I get it. I understand. I I do. I do. I get it. So, let's move on. So, Barnes is released on bail after Walker and Hoskins decide to intervene. So, Bucky gets out on bail. Oh, yeah. Walker and Hoskins are intervening. Barnes and Wilson are forced into a therapy session with Barnes's therapist, Dr. Rayner.
1: <laughs> Which is the weirdest slash awkwardest <laughs> therapy session ever. Well, first
0: off, who decided to put Bucky Barnes in the therapy? I mean, what did well, it you was think part of was going to happen? It was part
1: of the terms of his Pardon. Could you imagine, though, if the therapist accidentally said one of the trigger words for him? Well, according to later in the series, part of the time while he was in Wakanda was they were breaking the programming. Yeah, well,
0: Uh, I'm not convinced it's broken. No, from what I've
1: heard, they've done, like... It's ingrained to him. It's not going to come out. actually, what they did is they did, like, psych things with drugs in Wakanda to remove the programming. Yeah, well, I'm telling you, I don't think it's removed. I... You can say that. I anyway. think that they are. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. So going on. Walker and
0: Hoskins again ask Barnes and Wilson to work with them, but they refuse once again. And I think what this is here is Walker and Hoskins are basically trying to help Bucky and and Falcon here. They, I think they actually genuinely do want them to be successful, and I just think the misinterpretation here is they're upset that Walker has the shield, even though, again, the government gave him the shield. Yeah. A part of me was just like, even when I read it in the comments, I'm kind of like, why
1: can't you just give him a chance? Like, give him an opportunity to well, prove himself. I like they the didn't way, even want to give him the opportunity. I like the way Sam explained it. It's kind of a, uh, you have red tape. You have all sorts of things where it's like, you can't do this without without XYZ number of approvals from generals. Right. We don't. We yep. can go do whatever we want. Suffer the consequences afterwards, and make sure the job's done right. And he's kind of like, stay out of her way, then, right? Like, so I get. And, it. and and that's exactly what Wilson is kind of like. Fine, I don't want the shield. I'll go do things my own way. Right. So disgruntled, Walker warns the duo
0: to stay out of their way. In Slo- Slovakia, the flag smashers escape by airplane while one member stays behind to hold off the power brokers' men. Meanwhile is Order sixty six, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Execute Order
1: sixty six. Barnes and Wilson
0: decide to visit imprisoned Helmut Zemo in Berlin to gather intelligence on the Flag Smashers. Is it, now, is it really Helmut Helmut Zemo? Yes, Ooh, that was always his name. I, I only I, don't know. I him like Zemo. the fact that they're going to start to bring Zemo in here, and I was kind of glad that we were going to see Zemo again. I liked the guy who played Zemo in the movies. I was kind of disappointed we never got a chance to see him. He was kind of in the costume. Off. He was played off quite a played bit. Played off
1: really badly too. I
0: I still think he's got a major role to play oh, in I, in the I, the the four. What is it? The level four of Mar- the MCU now or whatever. Phase it is. four. Phase four. Thank you. Level four. I don't know. It's you know D and D
1: level four. Or whatever. Phase four of the MCU. I'm I, I just really think of that's... your identification of how you say age. You're like I am level forty plus. I, I'm telling <laughs> you
0: right now. You're gonna see Hydra come back uh-huh. during phase four. mm uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see Zemo and the Red Skull working together. Well, right before now it's all said and done.
1: From what we can tell right now, Red Skull cannot affect anything in Hydra because he is a garter of he is the guardian of the Soul Stone. He cannot intervene and he's a ghost. But he's not a guardian of the Soul Stone yes, anymore. Yes, he is. He is cuz Cap went back in time. Cap went back in time and put the stone back. Or there's a variant. Oh my gosh. You didn't think about that, did you? Screw you, Loki! Is a show that made
0: <laughs> seriously okay. Add Dragon Gun. All right, all right. So let's go on. Let's go on here. Uh, so let's rate this show as zeros. A don't bother. A tens. A must see. What did you think of season one,
1: episode two of oh, The Falcon and Winter Soldier? Awesome. What do you think? I'll give it a solid seven. Cool. Uh, Walker is the really the thing that dragged it down three points because it's like I want to. Ha- I hate him, and it's kind of that like anything with Walker in it, though good he definitely grinds my gears and i know that's his intention but i very much the same way Tara didn't like uh yandu from uh game of, from, from Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy and his character in walking dead basically called him out for being a complete and total pain when he when she first saw him mm-hmm. that's what michael Rucker, by the way is the guy we're talking i about. can't remember his name <laughs> i'm a sorry I know that Walker's supposed to be redeemed. I know that Walker's eventually going to become US agent. I know all these things because you warned me about these things. Mm-hmm. The banter between Falcon and Bucky on the plane was like a sure on Giggle Fest. Every single time we mentioned the 40 million yard stare yeah. was absolutely hilarious. And I just keep remembering Full Metal Jacket because I did watch it. And, and I'm sitting there going, he's pretty much accurate on that look. Yep. I, does Sebastian stay like stare in the mirror to practice that? It's like.
0: <laughs> so I was going to give this episode a nine. Oh, apparently i I'm low. I actually really liked this episode. It, it did a lot of things I thought really well. First off, I liked this episode because it set the stage for John Walker. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good setup too. So if you really understand the John Walker story, you understand that here is the first time you get a chance to see his heart's in the right place. He's trying to. To do the right thing you might hate him for it mm-hmm. but he's trying to do the right thing there's something to be said for that that he's trying to do the right thing now on the flip side of that I love the fact that it creates frustration for Falcon and winter soldier that's the whole point right you're supposed to hate that you're supposed to hate. Wyatt Russell's character. You're supposed to, you know, be frustrated for Sam. You're supposed to be frustrated for Bucky. It did everything it's supposed to do to the point that people got angry about it on the internet, which is ironic because <laughs> that's the whole point, right? Like mm. when people got, I, you know, upset on the internet, I was kind of like, good, like we did this. That that does the story justice. <laughs> it's, I, it did exactly what we needed to. <laughs> I also think that the entire setup for the flag smashers for the rest of the series was great. I actually loved seeing Isaiah Bradley. And his characters show up, right? So I I, I thought that was really well yeah. done. I really did. And I actually liked the character that Carly M- Morgenthau. The, the way they played her into the episode was cool. And I love the fact that you left us on this cliffhanger where they're going to go see, see Zemo, but we have no idea what's going to happen after that. Hmm. So to me, and this was the first episode where I kind of went, whoa, okay, now I'm into this. Because the first episode, I kind of went, eh, it was okay. You know, a lot of
1: action, not much storyline. And it was mostly, like, the the most portion of the story felt like almost all of Rocky was the filler portion of, like, trying to get the boat back, trying to save the boat. (laughs) It kind of feels like, almost like heroes, save the cheerleader, save the world. Like, that was the tagline, save the boat, save the family. (laughs) But I just kind of felt like that first episode was so slow, like, Mm -hmm. as
0: far as, like, storyline. This was the one where I was like, okay, now you got me into this. Now I'm in... I want to know where this goes. What are we doing with Zemo? What's the flags? What are the Flag Smasher's going to do? What? Why did we show Isaiah Bradley? What was the point behind that? So there was a lot of questions left unanswered, and that actually made it better.
1: And I, so. I at first, thought they made Isaiah Bradley up for the show just to kind of throw him in there, and I nope. didn't realize he's actually in a comic. An actual character. Yep. From, like, the 50s and 60s, I believe, or something well, like that. Well, actually, he didn't show up in the comics till the
0: 80s, but it was a discussion okay. about what he did in the 50s and okay, 60s.
1: Okay, so, so I'm not so. wrong. Just Just... Wrong era for comics. That's
0: all. Well, yeah. I mean, what happened was they did a lot of flashbacking for yes. that character. So, okay. So those are our thoughts on season one, episode two of Falcons and Winter Soldier. By the way, they did mention in the production notes here for the development that the Star Spangled Man, which is the the title, is a nod to the song Star Spangled Band from Captain America: First Avenger. So it great. is a nod. To the to the actual song, the Star Spangled Man, which by the way they played in like hip hop form. N-
1: it's a at marching the band hip hop mix, right? For the yeah. at the
0: very beginning during of the
1: show. his uh, Good Morning America introduction in sequence, yep. he runs out into it. Yep. I'm just sitting there going. I didn't catch it the first time, but Austin did. I thought it sounded familiar, and then we're watching it again. I go, that's it. That's it.
0: (laughs) So, okay. So those are our thoughts on the episode. We'd love to hear from you. Again, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, on Ewe. You can find us on YouTube. Please click click that hit like and subscribe button. Uh, You can find us on Rumble. Rumble us, please. And you can also find us now on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're out there. We're everywhere. We'd love to hear from you. As we like to say here in a Star Production
1: Studios, may, may the Force, Force be with those who listen, listen to Jedi Killer Dillian and Shatterpoints. Just make my dad mad. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. We hope the show enlightened you on some of the latest stories in the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and cosplay. We appreciate your time, and we also value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Please take some time to send us your feedback at our email, which is galaxycast at gmail.com. Or you can contact us via social media. Just head on over to Facebook or Twitter and search the word Galaxycast, all
1: one word, and leave us some comments. If you want to see some behind-the-scenes of our production, head on over to YouTube and search GalaxyCast there as well. You will find us under our Star Productions banner. The GalaxyCast podcast can also be found online at GalaxyCast.com or through your podcast aggregators like the Apple Store or Spotify. The GalaxyCast is a
0: production by Star Productions. Themed commercials within this episode are also written and produced by Bob Chrisman, star productions all rights reserved music from the intro and outro of the galaxy cast can be found online at www.silvermansound.com intro music is titled switch me on and outro music is titled the gatekeepers you can find links in our show notes until next time galaxy cast fans follow the first star to the right and straight on till morning